It's Matt Ryan's world, and apparently the Colts are just living in it. The new quarterback already has control of the offense through two practices, and it is showing. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Colts fans, thanks so much for tuning in and making us your number one listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Jake Arthur, uh, a sunburnt moron, if you couldn't tell. I was out at Colts camp today. Uh, and I'm joined, as always, by the lovely Zach Hicks, a.k.a. the the cat-loving blogger boy from Washington. Sounds like me. I think that's, yeah. that that sums it up pretty well. So yeah, I, cat loving blogger boy. What made me what made me think of that was I saw our friend out at camp today. He actually made oh, an appearance, a, a wow. rare appearance. Wow. Anyways, okay. moving on from that, the Colts had another day of training camp today. It was practice number two that they got under their belt. Uh, if you haven't checked our notes yet, I had my you know my full notebook thing that I uh, emptied out all my my notes and such. From today's practices, that's over at horseshoehuddle.com. Uh, so again, please go check that out if you haven't already. Uh, we're going to go ahead and just kind of hit some of the highlights uh, throughout that offense, defense. And Matt Ryan is is really uh, starting to make some waves for his, his teammates and his coaches. So we'll get into that as well. Uh, so before anything else, uh, just kind of set the stage. We'll start with some injuries. On Thursday morning, rookie defensive tackle Eric Johnson II got activated from the non-football injury list. Um, Tyquan Lewis, he got activated from PUP the day before. He didn't practice on Wednesday, but he did get out there Thursday. Uh, the only new thing that popped up was uh, defensive tackle Chris Williams wasn't out there. He was out okay. there Wednesday, didn't come in Thursday. Uh, DeForest Buckner, who really only did uh, individual and positional stuff on Wednesday, he was back uh, doing 11-on-11s on Thursday. He wasn't full go, uh, but after practice, Coach Frank Reich said basically he's got a little bit of a back thing, and they're mostly just being uh, precautionary with that. Yeah, Because uh, that's your all-pro defensive tackle. kind of makes the engine run there. You don't really want to mess with that. Yeah, I, I truly do not care to see him in training camp. <laughs> like exactly. Him, Darius Leonard, Stephon Gilmore. Like, I know you want to get them some runs just so they're, you know, in shape for the season, but like, I don't, honestly, I'm more excited about the guys behind them anyway, for camp and for preseason, hold them all out of the preseason games. Just let them, you know, kind of take it easy until the game, until the game start up. I mean, they, they've been doing it for so long. I, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. They got to get that defensive tackle depth figured out anyways, which right. some of those guys have, have been doing pretty well. Uh, but anyways, moving along to Matt Ryan, uh, the Colts practices, both of them have ended 10 minutes prematurely so far which can be a nice little surprise for media. You know, they blow the whistle, ready to talk to guys. Uh, Frank Reich has actually revealed that's because Matt Ryan has got the tempo going so quickly that it's the same amount of scripted plays. They're just being done quicker. Uh, he's, he's getting guys to get up to the line quicker in between plays, and he's just getting everyone moved around where they need to go. So, I mean, not, not so casual. He, he's definitely being the leader. He's... It's kind of his show now, is what everyone is indicating. 
Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, just imagine how red your face would be if you were out there for 10 more minutes today. So Matt Ryan really yeah. saved you. So I can't take it. I can't take it. <laughs> but no, it's great to see that. And uh, something I wanted to ask you as you know, you were boots on the ground in 2020 as well with Philip Rivers. A lot mm. of this to me as someone who has who hasn't been to either of those camps, it sounds a lot like what we heard about Philip Rivers. Like, how would you compare what you've seen from Matt Ryan through two days to what you saw in training camp from, from Philip Rivers? Uh, so 2020, I wasn't there in camp as much cause it was yeah. COVID and they had all that stuff. Like they weren't traveling for camp. They had it kind of locked down at, right. at uh, the team facility. So I wasn't really there as much, but it's pretty similar. Like if you just picture how you saw Philip Rivers at the line of scrimmage pre-snap during the games, it's pretty similar moving around, scanning the defense, you know, making checks and, and getting guys moved around everywhere. You know, a lot of window dressing, very Peyton Manning-esque. It looks really similar. Um, but he, he's he got guys hurrying up. And there we, we always talked about loafing on defense with Matt Eberflus before. There's, you know, no no wasted motions, essentially. Yeah. That's about that's about how it is. And uh, when we talked to Ryan Wednesday, uh, someone asked, you know, how do you, how do you keep the young guys in line? And he said, well, I, I've keep a foot up there rear end, you know, censoring myself there, but yeah, that, that is, that is showing. Um, and, and above that stuff, you know, the actual, during the plays he's thrown with timing anticipation, accuracy, a lot, what they hoped uh, to make things easier on these young receivers, young tight ends. It's showing uh, he's spreading the ball around uh, through two days. He has 15 completions during the 11 on 11s. Obviously, a lot more during the seven on sevens, uh, but those fifteen completions have been to seven different receivers. So he's spreading it around. Uh, there's a few guys he's been targeting more than others. Uh, I think Michael Pittman and Mo Alley Cox have been the most on the receiving end of those during the full live drills. But yeah, yeah. So compared to last year's camp, you saw Sam Ellinger, Jacob Eason throwing the ball for almost all of camp, and then mm-hmm. two years ago or three years ago, I guess now. You saw Jacoby Brissett throwing all the passes pretty much with the ones. How does this accuracy look compared to all that, though? I mean, is the ball – I mean, especially – you know what? It's not even the accuracy. It's just how does the arm strength look? You know, people always – people are saying, you know, oh, washed older quarterback. Uh, does the arm strength look like a like a good NFL quarterback still? I mean, I'm assuming yes because that's what mm. we've all been saying all offseason. Yeah, it, it looks perfectly fine. And I mean, between the numbers, especially, you know, right. on slant routes and those digs and stuff, it looks perfectly fine. Now, when you see Nick Foles throw a 15 yard out route outside the numbers, it looks a lot different. Like Nick Foles arm is pretty strong, uh, but there's still nothing wrong with with Matt's arm. And he's also kind of got the thing Philip Rivers does, you know, he threw with so much timing and anticipation and the ball placement, you know, he's the kind of quarterback that throws it where the receiver is going to be, not where they're at. So they just understand that. And that's, that's part of accuracy and arm strength to me. Um, right. it, it looks totally fine. Um, really no concerns. Had some more deep shots today. Um, during one-on-one drills, he hit Ashton Doolin on, I don't know, probably 35, 40 yard uh, go down the left side. Beautiful. Ashton Doolin. We'll talk about him here in the next segment. I'm sure a, we a will. bit more. <laughs> uh, but honestly, the last thing I, that I really need to say about Matt Ryan, because again, I'm not there, but I'm seeing from all the comments and stuff like that is, oh, people have been like, oh, everyone's gushing about Matt Ryan. It's just training camp and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. for someone like you, and, and I'm sure a lot of the Colts writers and people who are there, we kind of expected this 
for Matt Ryan. <laughs> like yeah. it's not, it's not like he's coming in and exceeding expectations. It's, Oh, he's looking like a real NFL quarterback in camp. And, and to kind of, I guess this is kind of taking shots on last year's training camp because I'm not, and this is not a shot against Carson Wentz because Carson Wentz was not participating in training right. camp last year. This is a shot on Sam Ellinger and, and, uh, and Jacob, <laughs> Jacob Beeson, Beeson because it's a d- drastically different level. And you guys are seeing that not only with the first team this year, but also with the second team. I mean, Nick Foles is on a drastically different level than Jacob Eason and, and Sam Ellinger. So when all the reports coming out of camp are just overly positive, overly uh, kind of just you know everyone's, oh, my gosh, it's uh, they're, they're hyping them up too much. It's like, no, this is training camp. This is what, uh, you know, a guy like Matt Ryan, who's been in the league since 2008 or whatever it is, this is what he's going to look like in camp, even with a new team. So. I, I think people are getting a little too crazy by being like, oh, Colts media is going to above and beyond with it. It's like, no, this mm-hmm. is this is the expectation and he's meeting it. Like, that's kind of what we're yeah. seeing so far, which is great. Yeah, I'll, I'll put it in perspective a little bit. We're not saying that he looks like Patrick Mahomes in 2018 or 19, whatever it was when Mahomes went nuts. It's not mm-hmm. it's not like that. It's he's not even like there, there's not bombs all over the field. It's just so different to see what a, a consistent, confident, accurate quarterback is supposed to do. Like, it's just refreshing for us. We've, we've seen, we've just seen a lot of really inconsistent, clunky quarterback play. And it's good to see what it's supposed to look like. Once again, Uh, the ball's getting out quick. It's accurate. Your quarterback's making checks at the line. He knows what he's doing. He's not looking at Frank to see what, what he's supposed to be doing. It's just nice to see how it's supposed to operate. And that's what the Colts offense needs. It doesn't need it doesn't need 04 Peyton Manning. It just needs someone to distribute the ball and keep the offense moving. And I think that's what what Matt Ryan's gonna do. He's gonna be above a game manager, but that's all this offense needs to keep going, especially when you have Jonathan Taylor, someone who can manage the game. And Absolutely. uh my my last little thing on on Matt Ryan is Frank Wright pretty much has has said by this point with everything we've seen. It is Matt Ryan's show now. You know, that they said we're gonna kind of give you the keys, you know, do what you want with it. We're we're here to help, but you're kind of running it. And that that's that's the benefit of having your quarterback all throughout the spring as well. You kind of hit the ground running now. You're already two practices in for training camp. With that, we're gonna talk about some bets now, folks. Uh, betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find out all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they've got you covered. Did you guys know the Colts are currently the betting favorites in the AFC South? BetOnline currently has them atop the rankings at one under 140 or minus 140. You guys can tell I'm not the best <laughs> betting guy here. <laughs> but this is something I betting, might have, <laughs> Yeah, I might have to learn to just because these are some really good odds right now. Uh, head to yeah. BetOnline today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the app happening. BetOnline, where the game starts. So, Jake, let's jump into some offense. And, you know, I, I, mm-hmm. I love talking quarterback play. Obviously, I did quarterback mechanics all offseason. Uh, but honestly, I care more about the bottom of the roster, guys. You know, I mm-hmm. for all the Matt fans, Jonathan Taylors, and, and Pittman Juniors, I want to hear about the Ashton Doolins and the Will Fries and the, and the Deion yeah. Jacksons. 
So tell me who, who was kind of standing out of those uh, bottom of the roster type guys. I saw a lot of love for Ashton Doolin and, and actually Kiki Cutie. Mm-hmm. I think I saw a lot of love for it today. Yeah. So it's, I, I was talking with a couple of the other guys on the silence today. It's nice to see QT more involved now. Like last year, it seemed a little odd. He was a late addition, but right. with his experience, you thought the Colts might be able to use him more. I don't know if it just took him a little while to get a grasp of the offense or what, but he's now participating as like a punt returner, a kickoff returner, and you see him lined up out there with the offense. Uh, he, he looks, I mean, he looks good. He's a little, you know, kind of slot guy and he's doing his job. Uh, so I think he's, at the very worst, he's insurance for Paris Campbell. Right. And especially with, with Mike Strong being out, I've got to give the early edge for QT making the roster. I just, right. I just think it looks, it looks right. I don't know. Uh, Ashton Doolin still doing his thing. He's just, I don't know when we've seen him last few years, he has these flashes where he makes like a deep catchers or or something, but he's just, I I think I've just noticed him being more consistent. Like you just see him showing up and doing the routine things on a more consistent basis. Not that he couldn't before, but I think quarterbacks are looking his way more often. Now he's got a lot of reps with the first unit and the second unit. So he's getting overall a, a lot of work. Uh, the tight ends, uh, there's still not much definition there. You know, Mo Ali Cox is the guy, but Kylan Granson, Jelani Woods, and Drew Ogletree have all been very heavily involved with the first and second units. Uh, they're getting those guys the reps that they need. And I mean, I, I think with Drew Ogletree, you and I both said, you know, he'll, he'll probably make the roster. They've been courting him for three years, but it was probably going to be one of those instances where they kind of stash him like a Desmond Patman, for instance, right. when he was a rookie, he's plenty involved so far. Um, so that, that's kind of been a pleasant surprise. Uh, you mentioned Dion Jackson on Wednesday, he had the two fumbles. So I was kind of curious to see what his role would be on Thursday. Mm-hmm. He was still the next man up after, after John the Taylor and Naheem Hines. So that was, uh, that was cool to see, you know, they kind of gave him a little, a little faith there. Uh, he's the next guy. He, he did a couple nice things. Uh, Philip Lindsay just overall looks like the better runner, but Deion Jackson could probably do a little more for the team overall. Uh, but yeah, other than that, there's, there was some kind of, there was a lot of chunk plays in the offense today. There was like Samson Nakua had a good catch from, uh, from Sam Ellinger, a nice little corner out around the left side, maybe 20, 25 yards. So. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah. No, uh, it's interesting with the tight ends. I, I know we've mentioned it quite a few times on here, but I'm curious, you know, since we believe that they're probably going to keep four tight ends this year, like we we're pretty yeah. confident. Uh, I wonder if with that, and also because Ashton Doolin's going to be your wide receiver four, and he takes mm-hmm. that special teams role. Do the Colts need a wide receiver six this year? You know, do, will they will they keep a wide receiver six? Because mm-hmm. when you have Doolin, who's already going to be a special teamer, you assume cornerback five on the other side is going to be a special teamer. Um, you'll have safeties that can do special. And Armani Watts is a is going to be a special teamer when he makes the team. Uh, so they're going to have a lot of special teamers already. Does that wide receiver six spot kind of become a lot, like not like a liability, but like, is it expendable? You know, like, do you uh, yeah. need to keep a six receiver, especially with Strawn potentially missing all of camp? You might be able to sneak him to a practice squad or keep him on pup all year or keep him on IR or something like that. Um, it might be Kiki Cootie versus uh, Desmond Patman for wide receiver five. And that might mm-hmm. be it, you know? Uh, so I think that's just something to watch throughout the off season because, you know, I, I don't think they're going to cut Ogletree. I think no. 
they're going to give him a lot of run. Uh, was he running with the twos and did he ever get out there with the ones? I'm assuming he didn't get out there with the ones. No, he he did. There was some occasional okay. work with the ones. Yeah. That, that's why I said the definition in that group is so all over the place. Cause all, all four guys have, have spent time with, I mean, Allie Cox has been like exclusively with the first guys, but the other three have been first, first, second and third team. Yeah. Kylan Granson, probably not third, but you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I really like, I, I heard from one source and obviously this is just one guy. So I, it doesn't even matter like that much, but I did hear that they were almost higher on Ogletree than Jelani Woods just at the moment, you know, just mm-hmm. because of, They've been so they've been reading so much into him and stuff like that. Like Johnny Woods is obviously a super freak who could be a superstar with his with his athleticism. But Ogletree is a guy they had done so work on. They probably felt more comfortable with Ogletree than Johnny mm. Woods on draft day. Um, just for one guy there that I heard. So when I heard that, I heard all the stuff they were saying about Ogletree after the draft. It's like, yeah, that's a guy who I, I just don't see them cutting. The only way I could see them cutting is if they're very, very confident he gets to the practice squad. But. I don't know. So yeah, I, I do think that that six wide receiver spot could be pretty expendable. Um, uh, the other one thing I wanted to ask you about was I, I think I saw today Matt Pryor got all the snaps again at left tackle, right? Yeah, uh, the the first group at offensive line and and uh, first and second groups were all the same today. Um, the first line we we know, but second group was um, Ryman O'Donnell. Um, Fries at center, right right guard was Spriggs, right tackle was uh, Dennis Kelly. So both days, that's that's pretty set in stone. I don't want to say set in stone because I'm still curious if they're going to ever get Ryman first team reps at left tackle. Uh, But so far, I mean, priors are pretty good. I mean, today overall, I didn't really notice many sacks at all from the defense at any level. There was a couple there was a, a couple good pressures, but. Pryor has held his own for the most part. Doesn't shock me. I mean, last year in his matchup against Yannick Nagakwe, he held his own for, you know, they didn't really have too many like straight rushes against each other, but he held his own against Yannick and, and a lot of them. So yeah, I kind of expected a good camp from Matt Pryor, but I am a little shocked that Ryman's not at least rotating, but again, it's, it's week one. Uh, you know, it's probably, I, I think they did it last year too, with the guys there rotating them like by weeks, yeah. like certain weeks and stuff like that. So uh, there, there's still a lot of camp left to be saying that, oh, Matt Pryor's already won the job. Even though I think Reich said mm-hmm. he wants to have it settled by like week two of the preseason. I yeah, I think he said something along those lines. Um, and they have their first day off Friday. So mm-hmm. who knows, maybe Saturday we see Ryman out there. Uh, but no, you're right. They did do it week by week uh, last year. They gave every guy a chance to do it for a full week, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, so that makes sense. So we'll talk more about Ngakwe in the next segment on defense because I that's definitely someone I want to uh, touch more on. But yeah, just kind of tying up the offense. Um, I really like how aggressive Nick Foles is. Uh, he he likes to push the ball down the field. He's got that strong arm. He had several chunk plays today. Um, he had uh, yeah he had one to to Woods and QT and Doolin. Uh, but honestly. What would have been the play of the day was a missed play. Uh, Foles took a deep shot to Alec Pierce uh, deep down the right side. Pierce, Foles put it perfectly in between two defenders of Pierce, hit him right in the numbers, but it bounced off. Mm. It would have been like a 40, 45 yard touchdown. Again, would have been the play of the day, but Pierce just couldn't pull it in. I'm not Mm. worried about it. It was the first, I think it was the first deep shot he's received. He'll make those nine times out of 10. In a game, you have to make that. 
but I'm not worried about it. Alec Pierce is having his Jamar Chase camp, having the drop issues, and then yeah, exactly, <laughs> and then go off for you know 1,500 yards, whatever it was. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> All right, you ready to open uh, yeah. some defense? Let's do some Let's defense talk, now. Yeah. Let's talk about some defense, man. This is uh, so my biggest takeaway defensively today was so obviously this is a new scheme with Gus Bradley. They are really giving everyone a chance to compete. I mean, you kind of know, not kind of, you know who your starters are. Um, there hasn't really been any mystery there, but they are really just letting everyone show what they've got. The second and third units, I haven't even really been, if you've been checking my notes the last couple of days, I haven't been listing those because they just like, it's so much mixture. Like uh, linebackers, defensive line. Although I will say our, our boy Ben Banigou has been pretty consistently with that second unit. So it's good to see like n- next right end up after Ngakwe. Um, so that's Perfect. that's been pretty good to see. Uh, yeah. But no, it's, it's good to see everyone's getting a chance. You clearly... That's clearly the message they're sending. Yeah, and you know, defensive line is is really interesting because Gus Bradley is always emphasized everywhere he's gone. It's it's always been a thing. He is he's such a heavy rotator on the defensive line. You know, he doesn't want defensive lines. You know, if they keep nine guys, nine guys are going to be active on game day, and nine guys are going to play on game day. Now, mm-hmm. it, you know, obviously the ninth guy is not going to play as much as the first guy, but he doesn't want. He, he has never wanted a situation where uh, he has an edge rusher playing 80% of the snaps or something, or a defensive tackle right. playing 70 or 80% of the snaps, which, I mean, no defensive coordinator should want, but he wants to be able to throw pass rushers out there. Uh, you know, you want that second wave of pass rushers. And that's why, you know, a guy like Ben Banigou, you're going to be seeing get a lot of run here in camp because if they do plan on keeping him and him having a role, he's going to be that second wave of pass rusher behind Yannick Nagakwe, behind Quiddy Pay and same with Taekwon Lewis, same with Dio Dambo. Those guys are that second wave, and and he wants that second wave to be a very big impact. So it doesn't shock me on the defensive line they're rotating heavily linebacker either because you have four locks. You have your four mm. locks at linebacker who are not going anywhere, but one or two spots are wide open. So why not throw all those guys out there as much as possible, even with the ones, uh, you know? Mm. So yeah, just keep throwing those guys out there. Did did uh, Sterling or Forrest? Ryan or Jojo Domine, those guys stand out to you? Yep. I was just about to mention that, actually. Um, so you and I, obviously, we've had Jojo Domin and Sterling Weatherford circled big time. I'm putting Forrest Ryan right in there, even keel. It's a three-man race right there. I've noticed all three of them uh, these, these last couple days. Uh, so Ryan had a pass breakup on Ryan on Wednesday. Uh, Jojo had one today. I think it was against Foles. Um, Weatherford just absolutely looks the part. Like the fact that he was a college safety and is like the size of Brian Urlacher out there is just yeah. not logical. <laughs> uh, so the, I, I'm I've been impressed by all three guys, honestly. Yeah, um, it's super I fascinating very, though. Those those yeah. three guys are fascinating because you have your smart, savvy players and your, your you know your Doman and your Forrest Ryan. Uh, even though Doman's more of a weak side backer, Ryan is mm. definitely a Mike, like 100 a Mike. Yeah, uh, and, I'm pretty sure he's have, been lined up in Mike. Yeah, yeah, easily. I mean, he he's he's a green dot type guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have Sterling Weatherford, who is your athletic freak show, uh, who's more of a weak side backer as well. So they could go many ways with this. You know, if you think EJ Speed and Zyre Franklin are two Sams, you could keep a, a Mike and a Will backup, or you could keep you know two Wills, like, and then you could have EJ Speed also being the backup Mike. So they could go so many different ways. But I'm glad to see Forrest Ryan is stepping up and and 
showing that he belongs because again, maybe not the greatest athlete, but such a cerebral player. Yeah. And this is very early, of course, but just with, with they're not hiding any of these guys, they're giving them a lot of responsibility already. I just would be surprised if none of the three make the roster. Yeah. And with how, with how open-minded this team is about allowing undrafted guys to make the roster, I'd be pretty surprised. Well, they only have one other non-undrafted rookie at linebacker, right? Brandon King. I think it's just that. Yeah. So one of them has yeah. got to make it. At least one of them has got to make it. But yeah. I'd, I'd honestly be shocked if not two of them make it because uh, the Colts typically do keep six because they like to have those linebackers for special teams. Uh, yeah, no, I, I definitely see, you know, one to two of those guys making it for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The, the linebackers are definitely the heartbeat of their special teams coverage units. So uh, Ngakwe, we kind of touched on briefly. I, I definitely wanted to mention him again today, not necessarily because of his play, uh, but we talked to him after practice. Uh, some other guys talked about him after practice. Uh, Matt Pryor said he's, you know, he's been a big help. They talk after practice all the time. That's their primary matchup is against each other. But, you know, those two work on making each other better all the time you know, kind of have a meeting of the minds after practice, see, you know, what could I do this way and that way? Uh, and Gakwe has been taking the other young defensive lineman under his wing. Uh, he, you know, he wants to get better and he wants to take Quiddy and Dio and, and Vanagoo and those guys with him. Uh, Frank said, you know, he, he's got a unique personality and they really embrace that type of thing in, in the locker room. So they do. And Gakwe, yeah, and Gakwe is, he's got to finally find a long-term home in the NFL because it's nuts because he's one of the, one of the better pass rushers in the league. And I just, he's just got a, he, he just seems to fit in. Well, I, I would really like to see it work out and him land some sort of three, four year deal here when yeah. the season's over. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting because the main reason why you keep seeing him push to other things, like he's a great pass rusher, outstanding pass mm-hmm. rusher. I think any team that's ever had him would say that, but his personality is something that is kind of tough to fit in a locker room. You know, it's, it's, it is kind of that underdog personality that, that I'm, you know, it's not even to say that it's a bad personality. It's just one that, you know, rigid football minds might not love. You know, like if you have your drill sergeant type coaches, they're not going to love it. Uh, now yeah. you come to the Colts, though. The Colts are very open about having guys like that. Your Kenny Moore's, your your Darius Leonard's, your Michael Pittman Jr. is kind of that way, too. You know, these guys who like I don't even want to say they're like social media guys or anything like that, but they're just guys who like to bet on themselves, guys who are a little more vocal, who are a little more excitable and stuff like that. You know, it's like the new generation of football player. And the Colts mm-hmm. have always taken those guys in. Uh, so it does kind of seem like that personality is such a perfect fit for everything that the Colts bring to their team. And they just love those type of guys, especially on their defense. Their defense is filled with a ton of great personalities. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you have DeForest Buckner, who's kind of the reserve type, but everyone else is, <laughs> is crazy and over the top and fun. Uh, and, and that's great. I mean, that's the, the defense likes to have fun. They like to get after it. Uh, so Yannick Nagakwe is probably a perfect fit uh, in that defensive line room. And it doesn't shock me that he's, you know, making an impact on and off the field right now. Yeah. With how, with how the Colts have struggled to kind of develop pass rushers lately, it's really good to see an established veteran there and really embrace the, the mentor aspect. You got you got some kids there making an appearance. Yeah, dude, those kids are out there just screaming like, like, dude, it's like eight forty at night. Like, dude, it's like it's like midnight for me. Like, chill. 
That's um, right. At the top of the broadcast, my daughter is screaming. Yeah. You got your neighbor screaming. That's a good <laughs> way to start and end. Yeah. The last thing I want to ask you about that. Uh, we talked about prior on the other side, getting all the time at left tackle. Brandon Faison still getting all the time with the ones at outside corner. Yeah. So far. Um, now the, there was a lot of pretty much everyone got some run with the ones at, at some point uh, defensively. Isaiah Rogers got out there as well, but it was face on to start today. Cool. 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 Yep. They've got that pretty much locked down. It's, I don't want to say locked down. Rogers still has a chance at it, but it seems like they have every intention of allowing face on to, to grab that yeah. role. It'll probably be a yeah. situation where like face on gets two series. Rogers gets one uh, throughout yeah. most of the season, which I mean, they did that with, with rock and Rogers a lot of the last year as well. Yeah. Uh, and also a little bit, yeah, a little bit with Rhodes too. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's what they'll do. It's not a huge deal, but it is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like face on, so it's not something I'm going to be upset about at all. Yeah. And I'll, I'll be honest. There's been some, there's been some plays given up where Rogers was in coverage so far. Like it's still early. It's, it's whatever, but performance wise, I will have given the edge to face on through two practices, but what can you do? So the Colts are off on Friday, uh, and we'll be back with you next week. We'll kind of catch you up on uh, Saturday's practice, let you know what happened then. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll re- kind of recap this last week just to catch you guys up, let you know what happened Saturday, and look forward to the week ahead as well. Yeah, guys, make sure you're giving uh, Jake a big old follow there on Twitter, at JakeArthurNFL. I mean, I, I know I've had tweet notifications on for Jake this time of year. It's It's the best time to have those notifications on uh andrew Moore nfl as well get the treat the tweet notifications on for him he was out there at Mm -hmm. camp today um and then at horseshoe huddle that's where you can find all of our written work where jake is throwing his camp notes together i'm breaking down some presser interviews and and stuff like that while also doing a a brand new series on gus bradley's defense so go check us out there on horseshoe huddle uh wherever you guys listen to your podcast you know but youtube give us a sub if you guys are on apple spotify whatever rate review subscribe we are loving the support so far and just going back to YouTube, we are, I think we just hit 500 subscribers. You guys have already got mm-hmm. us halfway to that thousand mark uh, in less than a month that we've taken over. So uh, we appreciate you guys. We love you guys. Uh, and let's just keep it up. Thank you very much. Yep. In the words of John Bon Jovi, we're halfway there, guys. <laughs> Jake can almost have his family. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't cracked any really good jokes in a bit, I don't think. So I had to do that. You still haven't cracked any good jokes in a bit. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Thank you guys for making Locked On Colts your first listen today. Now make your second listen to Locked On NFL Podcast. That's our national NFL experts and insiders keeping fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league. We'll see you next week.